Chris Watkin here, joined by Russell Quirk. I want to talk to you about Foxton's offloading Douglas and Gordon for zero pounds and zero pence with a £3.8 million in the bank. James Evans got a good deal there? Uh, very, very much so. That That was all a bit odd. So... Big news back in March 2021 when Foxton's bought Douglas and Gordon. Um, at the time, funny enough, I thought it was a very expensive purchase because I think it was about 18 million quid. Uh, and Douglas and Gordon hadn't made money for quite some time, you know, and maybe partly or mainly or maybe entirely because of the London market obviously being uh, not what it was and uh, hasn't been for the last two or three years. But it was still a, it was still a lot of money, I thought. Um, and then it turns out, yes, the rationale from a Foxton's perspective was that what they really wanted was the lettings book, um, which is understandable. And, and if Foxton saw the value in that, if Foxton's maybe even a pivoting now to becoming even more lettings than they ever have been, because, of course, traditionally they've been kind of pretty 50-50, haven't they, mm -hmm. Foxton's, between sales and lettings. But I thought when we saw the news very recently that the Douglas and Gordon sales entity had been kind of jettisoned and thrown at James Evans, the current CEO, and not only given to him for what was, I think, termed a nominal amount, which is probably a quid, and then all of the money in the bank gifted to him as well, which was, as we said, 3.8 million quid. I, I thought that that was an unbelievably good deal for James, that effectively he's been given 3.8 million quid to take the sales business. Now, people here will be thinking, well, yeah, but if there's a liability there, Foxen's now got rid of the liability. Well, interestingly enough, the stock market didn't agree because you would imagine if that was the case and there was a significant benefit to doing it, the Fox and share price would have gone like that. It didn't. Um, and actually, again, no disrespect to Nick Budden, most of the things that Nick has announced over the last couple of years, including doing what I suggested to him in 2017, which is to increase your footprint as a business outside of London so that you're more protected from the vagaries, the, the, the variances of London. Um, no matter what he does, the stock market doesn't respond favourably. So I, I, I think... I think actually they're at the end of their patience with the management team, frankly. Um, but, but, but coming back to the D&G deal, the, the big standout for me was that although this now has to go to shareholders, so it's been announced, but shareholders have to sign this off, obviously. Not all of them, but there'll have to be some kind of majority, whatever the, um, uh, the, the, um, the articles of their business say. Um, but it doesn't look like there was any competitive tender process at all. So in other words, it would be like you and I having a conversation and me saying, well, look, do you want to buy these 28 branches or whatever? You can have them for nothing. Oh, and I'm going to give you a few quid. And you say enthusiastically, as you probably would, yeah, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. That's, that's great. And then we just do the deal. Rather than, bearing in mind I've got a whole bunch of shareholders behind me with money in the business, and they're, of course, their money, a bit like we talked about with Purple Bricks. You know, a Foxton share was four quid a few years ago. It's now about 35p. So that business has shrunk. So those shareholders have lost a cartload. But there has been no attempt to go out to Dexter's, it seems, or to the wider market to try and get best value for the Douglas and Gordon sales business. And that, to me, frankly, Chris, stinks. Why do you think moving, let's go back to Foxton's, why do you, we, we, we were talking just before Christmas, why do you think their market share has dropped from around five, five and a half percent to around two and a half percent. So you and I have talked about this a lot, haven't we? Because you tr you crunch the numbers, right? So uh, and of course their fee has not increased either, as I think you discovered, to compensate for that drop. And that, that's a massive drop. It's a big fee, mind you. 
It's a big fee, but it's 13 not, grand to sale. But it's not doubled to compensate for the fact they've lost 50% of their market share. Okay. Um, and, and you know, we, we hear a lot from listed businesses and, and actually Foxton's going back three or four years, their excuses as to why they weren't performing were always portrayed by them as market-led. You know, it's not us, it's the London market. Well, of course, when you look at market share, so this is literally Foxton's versus whoever, you know, Dexter's as a case in point, um, Foxton's, you know, proportionally are doing far, far worse than their peers. They have lost market share, regardless of whether the market itself is going up or down. Um, I think the reason comes back to what we talked about in another video around Purple Bricks is that that business is the polar opposite of what it was when John Hunt ran it. Now, I don't know John, but I do know his reputation, which was that he was, again, an entrepreneur. He built culture. It was a very sharp-elbowed business. Uh, and frankly, what Foxen's now is, I think he's a very tired, yesterday's man type uh, organization with very little in the way of culture or any interesting people, um, it's lost its way. And it, actually, it's not just lost its way. Chris, I think it's lost its mojo, is why it's lost market share. What that business needs is property people at the helm that understand. Peter Rowlings has, has just been just been parachuted back in. Well, but only as an NED. And Peter's great. He was in that business previously, wasn't he? He's been on the server here. Yeah, he's, he's great. But, you know, maybe he's being warmed up to go back in as CEO. And look, I hope so, because it needs a property business. You know, Peter not only did well at Foxons, he was at Marsh and Parsons yes. as well. Um, he is, I was going to say old school, and I don't mean that in any negative connotation at all, but he's an experienced property guy that understands his state agency and, and, and understands you know, how you get a valuation, how you turn the valuation into a listing, how you do, you know, what's the listing to sales ratio and how you keep deals as deals. Um, and importantly, understands the London market because, you know, what we will understand, I think, as agents is that the market in London is very different to elsewhere. You know, and, and, and of course, Fox and Sit, not at the top of the market, you know, they're not, um, they're, they're not a high-end Knight Frank Savills type of Beecham Estates organisation. You know, they're sitting there between 800 and 1.5 million on average. That's a specific market that you have to understand in order to excel in it. And frankly, look, I, I think Dexter's have kicked Foxton's arse over the last three or four years in more ways than one. That's evident. Thank you for your time today. Thank <laughs> you.